Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. As unbelievable as it sounds, this is another Arsenal podcast that is the Away Gunners podcast. We bring news and reaction from Arsenal fans from all over the world. On this episode of the Away Gunners podcast, me, Ellen and Arun get together to discuss the massive victory over Manchester United at Old Trafford after 14 years. We discuss the nitty-gritty of the game and heap prices on players such as Holding, Gabriel, Party, Alnani and Lacazette. We also concur that Arteta is the best man for the job. We end the discussion with our predictions for the next game against Aston Villa. Do check out. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Away Gunners podcast. Uh, we've got Ellen and Arun here. Hi Ellen, hi Arun. Hello. Hi Professor, hi Arun. Hey. It's actually a happy meeting again. A uh, little bit delayed uh, meeting, but uh, it's it's a really happy one after the United game. Uh, so let me start with what I feel about this win, right? Like uh, for me, this is a really gratifying win. After seeing uh, all those losses, all those years, the whole humiliation, the whole being bantered about, especially when you are growing up in like a place like Chennai or like India, where there are a lot more United fans than Arsenal fans, you tend to tend to meet all those irritating Arsenal fans. I mean, United fans, some of some irritating Arsenal fans too, but. Um, Especially my memory of Arsenal game at Old Trafford, uh, Old Trafford would be the 8-2 defeat. That is the year after I started working and uh, I made some new friends uh, who are United fans in my team and I was like bantered for a week or so. This is a time for me to give back. So what is what what is it? What does this mean for you guys? Arun? Massive, massive. This was a massive, massive win. Uh, like you said, um, the 8-2 at OT, uh, at least you had friends who were abandoning you. My friends were actually feeling bad for me. You know, they were sending me consolation messages. United fans who were my friends, they were sending me actually like, dude, we really feel sorry for your team. You know, we really feel sorry for that you guys. That feels worse. That, that would have been worse. Exactly. Exactly. At least for banters, you have some comebacks. Like this is like, you know, we know that you're not at our level and then we like we see it that's that sort of the talk, that was the sort of talk that was going on so and more important than that it was like um we won the league before at ot you know that was like in, yeah. in, in, in 2002 when we won the double we won 2000 when we won the double we actually won it at ot so uh, since then and after all those battles that we've had over all these all those years with Wenger Wenger and Ferguson Two matches that every Arsenal fan would look forward to is United's visit to um, uh, Highbury and Arsenal's visit to OT. You know, those were probably the biggest blockbuster games. Over the years, both the teams have fallen from their high standards. Doesn't mean anything that things have changed. You know, like even if you have uh, an Arsenal United game now, it's still the biggest draw. So given all this hype and like how things were going and everything, 
honestly, I wasn't really looking forward to a win. I, I thought we were going to lose this game given the form they were in and given the form we were in. And, and then we go into this game and we see all this happening. And my friends who are United fans now uh, were like, uh, you know, like completely quiet during that period. Even they were not even <laughs> what was going on. They were like, okay, these guys are pushovers. I think that everybody, like not just the fans, even the players might have thought, like, okay, these guys are pushovers with the soft underbelly. You can easily like walk all over them. Uh, but the performance that the team put up was was so uh, reminiscent of like a, a, a very dominant, strong Arsenal display of the past with people like Vieira, you know, like and Gilberto and all that. Though we did not like have a lot of finishing, the amount the the amount of work and like the way in which the team played, it wasn't just like you know, hey, we won one zero, we got a, la- a late penalty in the end, we were smashing. We of course we got the late penalty, but the amount of work that went into getting that penalty, it was not like a, a, a bad win, you know. It was not like hey, these guys just got a smash and grab. No, properly planned, dominating, massive, massive win, you know. And this happening after like 14 years, man, I've been waiting for this for so long. And all the talk around like, you know, from all these so-called top six clubs, like people like fans of Tottenham actually taunting us, saying that we have never won against uh, the top six away in a long time. You know, it cannot get <laughs> when like a Tottenham fan fucking taunts you about it, you know. So in all that respect, yeah. this is a huge, huge win. Beating the old enemy at their own place after fucking 14 years. With a brilliant dominant display, though the scoreline doesn't reflect it, was a fucking brilliant dominant display. For me, the vindication was earlier when we won, like uh, I think three years, three seasons ago, when we won 3-0 against United at Emirates. You know that was like uh, that felt really good, but I think this felt much better because of where the team is. That team, the way they were playing, it was fast, dominant, attacking. Yeah, but this one, very very nice. More importantly, considering where the club was and what we are doing, the strides that we're taking, this is a huge stride when you think about it for the rest of the season. The tone that it sets for the rest of the season, the rest of, you know, like Arteta's tenure, whatever you might call it, the tone that this game has set, the confidence that this would give the players, immense, massive, massive win. Awesome. But, uh, uh, Ellen, actually, Arun touched upon the point uh, where he said that... you. Arsenal players are considered soft touch. United players have come out and said the same. They have come out and said in the past that Arsenal are like pushovers, baby. Yeah, they they always come out with this. And then we see this performance. It's like men and boys where we stood tall, we played on the front foot, we bullied them. All the Rashfords, Pogba's, uh, Bruno Fernandes, no one was in the game. So, and and especially from, you are right there now, like in India, in Chennai. So, tell us how this feels to you. Okay, uh, just like before I exactly say about the match, for me, right, like even though Tottenham Hotspurs are the arch rivals for Arsenal, for me, it was always United. Maybe it was because I started watching the Arsene Wenger and Alex Ferguson era. Like, so always the rivalry for me, like, even though like United and like Arsenal have come down now to their usual standard, but still, that is the game I always look forward to it. And in Old Trafford, right, like, uh, like as Arun said, like, it has been a long time we have won there. And like, many times, right, like, if you see the last five, six years, like, uh, my friends here also, instead of like, they used to make fun of me at the beginning times, but like, last five, six years, they always come and say, Okay, before the match itself, they'll say, okay, 
it will be like another victory for us like uh, you know your team situation kind of thing don't feel so sad kind of thing it was like that for a couple of and that was even worse than like they coming and making fun of me because like uh, people like feeling pity about you right is like uh, actually not good and that's what used to happen It's like you guys are no right longer a competition sort of a feeling yes. that they have, you know. But that, they that's... are no longer there. They are not challenging yes. for the title. Any... No, that is what I did uh, this time. After this win, right, I went and talked with them. Because we know like <laughs> what they think about their coach and everything. I said like, things will change for you also. Like you will see, right, we have got a new coach and everything. Things will change for you also. So that was Giving like a back. good thing. Giving it back. Giving yes. it back. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and like... Uh, just to add like see for me always like the best incident or the best match like whatever i've seen is like the united uh, uh, arsenal match at old trafford where rude van nistel drive misses a penalty at the injury time yeah. like that is always <laughs> my biggest match so this rivalry will always be there for me and like the victory is like more happy for me because it was not only like uh, a victory it was a clear victory like uh, strategically or like tactically like completely like arteta defeated united like it was like a clean victory the scoreline might not say that but it was a very clean victory yeah another uh, thing that if i may add over here is that you know like this is not the first time arteta is beating ole you know uh, yep. in january on january's new year's day uh, they came to the emirates and they got beaten 2-0 it's like a case of like you know uh, two big teams falling down like slipping down the uh, the rankings and like going down the fact is that we were ready and accepted that like you know we 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 are not at the same level yet united fans were not ready to accept it and they were still bantering us saying like we are a banter club and we are like bad and they are good and all that i think this win more than the win this display knocked them off the fucking perch and made them realize that they are a worse club than we are and they've been in spite of like all the spending and all all the freedom that they have you know that for me was the best part like i don't think a united fan would come near an arsenal fan at least for the ne- uh, ne- next time being you know talking about ban- uh, all this banter and all that but the thing is uh, as you mentioned right arteta has bet ole twice in the last two games and i think he's the first manager to do it after herbert chapman so he, like no none of the arsenal managers started in this way winning against united twice in a row so it's a good thing but going back to when before this game right we were not in our best uh, best spot if you consider in the league we have lost against leicester uh, we have lost against liverpool we have lost against manchester city in the last four games and everyone was writing uh, writing us off even you guys wrote us off i was the only one who said that we are going to win i'm making this point here just to say this that i told you so <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but to the build up to the game right uh, we were not in a right position uh, manchester united was in a great position they won against the like the europa game against rp Le- rb leipzig is it yeah they won against that game like in a swashbuckling manner everyone was like heaping praise on ole being this uh, mastermind who could do stuff uh, when the need arises and all those things and uh, where people were questioning arteta even our fans were questioning arteta so uh, is there any any other thing that like is as in like usually when this this kind of thing happens arsenal buckle under the pressure we always buckle under the pressure right so what what was your okay. thoughts okay uh, the last game against leicester right let's see 
if you see our current situation, Leicester United are the closest club who we can say as competitors. So Leicester mm-hmm. game, we actually did play well, but like we didn't like have that final uh, goal scoring thing. So we lost that game one zero. And this game, like as you rightly said, I predicted like one uh, two, like uh, because I know Mike Dean, like what he does for us. Uh, but this is 2020, and like a lot of things will uh, <laughs> change. So I was actually worried. Like I was expecting a red card for one of our players and a penalty for United before the game started. One good thing or like one happy moment for me, like before the game started, was like if you see the large podcast, like I was one of the major critics of uh, Arteta, like about the intent we are not showing in the like opposition final three mm-hmm. or the intent of not playing the angsters. All those like like started, uh, you could see some differences in uh, uh, what to say, like the Europa League. So I was having some confidence. Okay, I'm going to see something new, maybe even though I, the result will be like against us. Maybe Arteta listens to our pro- podcast. <laughs> might Secretly. be, might be. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. <laughs> Secretly, he's listening to us and making those changes. Who knows? Uh, Arun, before before I go into the starting lineup, any final thoughts before the I mean, how 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 the teams were poised before the before the game? Yeah, yeah, definitely. For me, uh, the the thing that this win showed was the fact that the team is completely behind Arteta. Like they completely believe in him. There's no doubt. Starting with Abamayang till like the youngest player like Saka. Everybody fucking believes in the process. That is huge because, like you said, United were coming off like wins, and these were not like regular wins. They were like thrashing teams in Europe. Europe is a place that where we dream of thrashing people, and they were actually doing that, beating 5-0, Leipzig 5-0. That's a huge thing. And then they defeated we, PSG too. Yeah, exactly. PSG 2-0 at at uh, Padapreng. So uh, when you consider all that and the fact that, like I said, we lost to Leicester 1-0. Uh, you know, that was the kind of game that I'm always worried about because they were playing a low block. We were playing really well till the end of the game when Roddy came and stole that goal against us, right? So these are the kind of games that can do one of two things. Either completely demoralize you, thinking that, okay, we've done all this and we still weren't able to get a goal and we still weren't able to get that W. And teams of, uh, like Arsenal teams of the past, after having games like this, Take a long time to recover. Like, yeah. take a long, long time to recover. The morale would never be the same in the next game. You would see that, like, you know, the effect of the, the hangover from the previous loss will be visible in the next game that played. This one, completely different. I'm not going to consider the game, that Europa game that we had in between because it was a com- almost a completely different team that played United. Mm-hmm. But the way in which they played United it was clearly evident that people were like, okay, you know what? We trust in this guy. We trust in Mikhail. We trust in the manager. We trust this process. And the process meant that we are going to be playing this team this sort of a way, and we'll see the result. Abba said the same thing after the game. You know, we, we love the process. We all trust the process. That, in, in that sense, it was immense, like in the build-up to the game and how we fared, you know? So that, that for me, is a big, huge thing. Actually, uh, we, were, we are talking about after the game, but when the game started, the starting lineup, when it came out, are you, were you guys like uh, concerned about like not having some of the players or having some of the players? Like, for example, like we, this, this game was the first time in my memory that Shaka didn't start in a big game. We, we have almost always centered a midfield around Shaka. 
and for the first time in my memory that he is available but he he was nowhere near the starting lineup was that was that a like not just him right like bringing in holding at the last moment where he was nowhere in the picture when we were talking about the game none of us expected holding in to be the to be in the game and then putting elneny in a place where like in old traffic that that is something that we never expected so what are your what were your thoughts on the starting lineup when when you saw it for the first time uh for me uh, it was like uh, a blessing in disguise when i saw holding's name that i was like confident like as i said right like we were even before the match started my mind was like we will lose but when i saw holding there like i was of the opinion that things are changing for us we might win this that was the first time i got the confidence we might win this mm-hmm. elneny right i was not at all surprised like i was actually expecting elneny to start that based on uh, what we saw in the europa league like i was expecting elneny to start and i was thinking elneny might play back and like that will free parte and like i thought like we are going to use parte in an attacking role this time so i was like that was not a big surprise for me but the biggest surprise was like holding playing that gave us the stability we wanted Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like not much surprises but holding was a definite surprise there but uh, arun were you expecting pepe to start because he had that like masterful goal against rapid vienna and then and then william starts and i know your take on pepe so was that a, was that a, a sore point when when you saw the starting lineup um to be honest yeah uh cons- also considering that villain had a shit game you know like he was he was not doing anything at all during the game he was just like it was it was like watching a guy being completely disconnected from what was happening around him you know you had this pitch you had like 10 of the remaining players having a stellar game and this guy was just like you know completely off so when i saw that and also like you said you know the goal that pepe scored previously in the previous game Uh, i was definitely expecting pepe to start uh, but uh, you know what honestly when i saw the lineup i wasn't too disappointed because i thought atleta was going to use pepe like as a more direct player like you know in the second half after 60 minutes i thought that was going to be uh, the case so yeah though i was um, disappointed i could i could see like the planning behind that you know um and for me like more than that like elen we spoke about um, um holding and and uh, elneny these two guys were immense you know how much did holding cost us 2 million i'm, I'm sorry he cost 2 million really <laughs> sorry he cost 2 million yeah. like, channeling in the inner uh, inner asin wenger right there <laughs> yes yes like this this guy is you know he was off an injury holding reminds me a lot of permat asaka you know like in in the sense that he's not gifted in terms of his game ability he's not gifted in terms of like what he can do but he's got a huge heart and that goes a long way like he's a he's extremely courageous he like he knows his limitations and he plays really well he's not like gifted like gabriel he doesn't have a great pass like lewis Uh, i don't know what mustafi adds to the team but let's leave him out but uh, <laughs> uh, in terms of like you know the other people that he's competing with he's not as gifted but he has zero ego same thing with elneny look elneny you you he's a simple guy who does the simple things keeps them tidy and neat and they both were they playing to their strengths which was like amazing to watch in that game you know there was nothing like like you said shaka wasn't playing shaka was probably not suited to this game they needed someone who could break the passing lanes and elneny was amazing at that 
you always see him side passing and this game he was actually spraying passes straight you know so zero ego and like people who knew the limitations but had huge hearts to actually put up this performance amazing actually uh, i think uh, if i'm right i think uh, two years ago holding did his acl in old trafford so yes. for him to come back having an amazing season till, uh, till then yeah till then it was like holding was our uh, our one of our bright spots in that That's season good. and then when to come back into old trafford to put up a performance like this and uh, and uh, ateta mentions in his post match interview that holding wanted to play this game it's not just yeah. he was suited for the game he wanted to play this game that is how eager the guy is and i've always lo- loved holding and when when people were making all these predictions about like the future of arsenal um, center back being william saliba and gabriel i always felt bad because i always felt that holding has a place there holding can be massive he does he does i totally agree with you he does but not as like you know a part of the two if we have a better defender in there holding for me is like i said a player with huge heart but a uh, limited potential but he knows how to play his game so that way he'll definitely be like you know a first choice replacement that's where i see him but this performance man amazing no no maybe this will like help his case you know to cement a first team spot uh i i'm i'm not so sure because i feel that he could be the first first like he could be the first choice because i always felt that he had some qualities like even as a as a not just as an english uh, center back but also as someone who has like who's really young we are forgetting that mm. holding is a really young player for a center back he's really young and he has he has bucket load of experience than anyone else in english football not just in english football in top no, flight uh, that's true uh, that's so pickle so like the, this is actually a very good opportunity for uh, holding because we are not going to play saliba this year there is no other good defender to so he will definitely start most of the matches for us this year and if he actually does well right i don't think yeah. like why he can't be our first choice center back yeah, if he does it's actually well, yeah. good for him yeah but but the thing is like if you consider even this game right if you if you remember in the 6th minute uh, holding batters into marcus rashford 6th minute he just makes his makes his case right there uh i know everyone has been talking like uh, big about 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 gabriel's performance of course we have to talk big about his performance he made one of the biggest impacts that we have seen in like few years in arsenal with this like he has come in and like i think he has he has considered four goals gabriel when he is in the team we have considered four goals in in whatever games he has played that is a huge a huge plus but i think holding get, doesn't get recognized as much i feel that i've never seen holding do a mustafi i've never seen holding do like something that luis does right have you ever seen yeah, 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 no. holding he's, has he's a bad game yeah he's less error prone that's the thing he's less error prone than like the and, other people that and and if you remember he is always uh, the one who who goes into this duels like with mane against liverpool holding went into the like one on one duel like i am going to make your life bad that's what he does and in this game you can feel that he's doing the same to rashford um he picked up his yellow card in the that's 24th so minute he picked up his yellow card in the 24th minute so talk about like backline around like uh, not just holding like i want to you to talk about like gabriel and bellerin and tierney come on 
you know you know um uh, i have uh, i have taken my time you know like in judging gabriel because we've been burnt a lot uh, hyping up our center back the new center backs that we get all the time so uh, i i've been very cautious but the i think his his performances so far are convincing me more and more that he could he is actually the guy that we've been like crying out loud for you know like all these years he is going to be that person in center midfield man that the, the guy had an amazing game the center back pairing didn't put a step wrong you know didn't put a foot wrong there was nothing wrong that happened that made us feel like oh my god there's going to be a goal now oh they are attacking there's going to be a goal now nothing they were helped by the midfield but whatever came man gabriel's power the, the pace the way in which he turns like it's 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 unbelievable my only worry right now is that we're going to have some other big team coming in two years and knowing the club and hierarchy and the way in which we do business the club will be happy to sell him for 60 70 million if the opportunity arises that is my biggest fear right now given how he's performing but in each of the games even though we lost or whatever it might be whenever he's played he's been amazing so gabriel this game amazing and like i said holding though he's a player with uh, not a lot of potential in terms of like you know what his ability is he knew his limitations and he kept rashford quiet man that's not easy even in the second half um pogba was playing on the left on the second in the second half and pogba is a beast he's huge uh, the man knows how to beat defenders the man knows how to take the ball forward and the way holding tackled him the way holding like played against him amazing um the full backs for me are uh, the biggest revelation because kt things were expected of him yeah you do his quality we knew what he's capable of he's shown glimpses of that we know he's good but baron man what a game he had not so just he can... now i think he is the he's the most assist uh, for arsenal till date in the season yeah yeah i mean and that he's is the most something... creative player yeah then and i'm pretty sure like none of us would have expected for that to happen this season given how he he performed under emery and his like last few seasons under wenger where he lost his pace the moment he lost a bit of his pace he became a bad defender because he became way too one dimensional it was easy for people to take him on and beat him even now he still makes the same mistakes that he does like you know when he doesn't have the ball or if he has the ball there's no trickery he just keeps running straight and direct you know it's not difficult to uh, put him down but even with all that the way he's playing right now is suiting the system so much is giving like so much of attacking impetus to the front um, three though when we don't have a creator like his presence and the way in which he comes in uh, up the pitch and pushes the ball amazing man this is this is like probably the best that i've seen baron play in a long 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 time you know um defensively he's good uh, uh, attacking going forward is good he's not great but uh, he seems to like you know getting something back like the stuff that he lost in terms of his ability or in terms of his pace he seems to be, have become a more intelligent footballer if if i if i could say that you know he's like he seems to be using his brain much more now than ever and that is showing on the pitch you know that that's way that's his he knows his area he knows the area that he has to cover amazing uh, the backline that's bad news for uh, arun if i'm right uh, because <laughs> if you see right like um, arun like maybe you can see it's like bellerin has always performed well when willian is on the pitch compared to 
I was, like to see the overall. Uh, I was just thing. about to make is, that point. <laughs> yeah, there is a reason behind that also. Like uh, we'll talk about the, our goal later, but like even that, right? You can see Villian giving instructions to Bellerin to run there initially, like not for the penalty time, like initially, like so that that space is occupied. See, Villian pushes some people, and so that Bellerin can run freely. So they have that understanding now, like uh, many people, and that is why. Even like when we are talking about a starting lineup, Billion was preferred over Pepe mainly because of that. His chemistry with uh, Bellerin, because Bellerin is now able to attack more freely because he knows Billion will defend. See, Billion hasn't done that role properly, let's say in Liverpool matches or other matches, but like many matches he do does that well. So if Bellerin is doing good, right, more chances of Billion starting than Pepe. No, but like uh, no, that is that, true. The way I see it as well. Bellerin is doing good. That's great for the team. But Pepe will start doing good, and they'll start uh, they'll start matches together. That's how I see it. <laughs> You're not letting go of the whole uh, Pepe argument. But uh, seventy-two me... million man, we cannot let him go that easy. Come, come on, but like, uh, but but the thing is, before we go go to the other part, I just wanted to like highlight that both our centre backs got yellow at like twenty-fourth yeah. and twenty-sixth minute, like before like half half an hour. Mike Dean speciality. Yeah, but, Mike Dean's speciality. But, uh, if but, you see all the big matches, he will give a quick yellow card to one of our centre back or both the centre backs, so that they cannot go into tackles or anything later. But we just bash them, like, like when when uh, when 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 you see holding and Gabriel pushing high up the pitch. There were times when we were winning balls when when they were clattering into players at the halfway line. That is a massive performance. So some of the Tackles, yeah. Go ahead. So some of the tackles were like, if they had made a even a small mistake, right? Like it would have been red card, straight red card. And they were doing that kind of tackles after the first yellow, mm-hmm. which need lot of guts. Both Olding and uh, Gabriel did that many times. And that too against a referee like Mike Dean, like who's our uh, arch uh, enemy or like an arch rival, also you can say. Uh, like and they still did that. And uh, credit to them for sure for that. Ellen, yes, I want to bring you back to that because the thing is, uh, do you remember there was this moment when, uh, when uh, I think it was Pogba who, who around 70th minute or something when he made the run. Gabriel, and, uh, second. Gabriel, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were, were, were you worried no, I that? I thought it was that... a second yellow. I was like worried, like a war or somebody in <laughs> because even an yellow card for that right would have been a second yellow. I was like literally worried. But the thing was that after that happened, within few minutes, he was ready for another tackle. Like. Yeah, the Matic one, right? He was like, yeah, he was like not at all like worried at all what is happening on the ground. He was confident or like his focus was only on I should make sure our team should win. I should do all my tackles and this thing proper. And like that was the attitude they were playing. To be honest, like not only that uh, 70th minute, but whenever like Olding or uh, Gabriel were making tackle, I was worried only the entire match because you know my team. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. if it's an ordinary fall, he can give a uh, second yellow. But the worrying part for me was not that second yellow thing. For me, the worrying part was when uh, holding went down and uh, the camera showed that Shaka was yes. uh, warming up. Uh, but then holding took uh, took some medicine and he was like, nope, I'm having this game for myself. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he he knew what would happen if uh, to midfield if Shaka came in at that point. So he was like, oh, not this thing, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue playing through the pain." Yeah, definitely. Another important thing that I'm gonna say here, like Picasso, you spoke about Gabriel's like you know recovering the ball, making those tackles near the halfway line. 
his recovery pace after that getting back to his position i don't think like we've seen someone like that play for arsenal like in recent times you know the, the center back position we had christianly the guy was fast but he was never able to do what uh, gabriel is doing so that is like a huge thing the second thing is uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a stat that like many gunas will not be ready to believe and will like still keep rubbing their eyes we have conceded the least number of goals in this season so far yes and that too after conceding three against liverpool yes who would have thunk seriously who would have thunk you know yeah. uh, it's like you you you're having you you played city away we played liverpool away we played leicester at home you played united away and still we've conceded just fucking seven goals you know seven fucking goals that's unbelievable and people don't seem to be like talking so much about it about this thing i don't know why But no, that's a, because it's Arsenal. Yeah, or like even <laughs> seven goals fans. in seven game weeks. You have to see that seven goals in seven game weeks, which is yeah. very less. Yeah, and and like you know, like no one, even the Arsenal fans, don't seem to be actually looking at it the way in which they have to be like looking at it and be happy about. I don't know if you're expecting champagne football, you need some sort of you know stability. 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 The stability is what we've been talking about. This is what I've been harping about all this time, and no one seems to be talking about it. You know, so no. fans need to like. open their eyes and look at all these things before talking no, about no i uh, no i have two things on that one is like mainly to target uh, arun like but the first start is right like, which will be surprising for you with the, all the stability and everything it has been very long time like since uh, burned leno as a uh, clean sheet at home games even yesterday match right europa league he considered a goal it has been very long time like say uh, martinez and others have kept a clean sheet but leno has yet to keep a clean sheet uh, in home games away games he has already kept like uh, so that's an interesting stat which will very soon uh, gets modified the second one as i wanted to say is like just to make fun of uh, arun you could see the influence of gabriel in this uh, defensive uh, stability right i think uh, uh, the team helped but <laughs> selling gabriel for a lesser money because they sold pepe for that 72 million like they want to compensate for that so they gave uh, gabriel for uh, pepe's money and we paid pepe like uh, gabriel's money i think so <laughs> Either way, we were the people who won, so I don't have any complaints against that. <laughs> so, so you mean like twenty-two million for uh, Pepe and seventy-two Pepe for Gabriel? Pepe and seventy-two for so Gabriel. If you, yes. If you put the if you put the amounts together, it comes up to ninety-nine hundred million. Hundred million, two players of this quality. I'm not complaining. Also, you guys then think about Pepe as a fourteen million player. We're not paying seventy million in one shot. All right, all right. Fourteen million every year. Think of it that way. He's Too good for a 14 million player. So that's how I see him right now. <laughs> Arun would never concede his defeat against like Pepe. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we have uh, we have heaped enough praise on the defense. Uh, let's let's talk about the actual engine room, which which worked, which we were complaining for a long time that uh, the midfield is the area of concern for us. but somehow when we put together like uh, parte and elneny it clicked it just worked uh, elen what were your thoughts on our midfield partnership no as i said uh, the starting lineup was happy to see elneny and it like uh, paid uh, dividends to the stability which elneny gave right allowed uh, parte to roam a little bit more freely and parte right like uh, looks like a complete midfielder the more games i saw with arsenal like there was one attack like where like uh, united were trying to go, like uh, come to our half uh, and try to score a goal parte will intercept it and then start a counter attack 
and you could see like Partey will also be at the final third, like uh, getting the final passes, like to score a goal or to pass to do a key pass. So he will be running very fast along with the counter-attacking team, which is very much different to what Zaka or others do. They do a counter-attacking pass and then they will allow the wingers to run it or like the fullbacks to run there. But they will be standing there. But Partey was not like that. He was running there. And Partey, along with Elneny, right, like, uh, were like instrumental in many of the things. Like, they were continuously making sure the United's midfield were like not at all in the game. Like, uh, along with Oldings and Gabriel's help, like, they were like, whenever United got a ball, right, you could see our guys were going and pressing them. They were like, have to immediately pass it to somebody or like they will be losing possession. That was how the entire game was there. And you could see even in the 91st minute, Elneny will be running around to all the players to stop the ball from passing. That kind of pressing we were doing and that was because of this midfield uh, options only. That that actually, uh, that 91st minute when he pressed like Lindelof to let the ball uh, out of play, that was a uh, that was great moment for the fans. I felt that if it was in the stadium, that would have raised the roof. Right, sure. I don't definitely. Uh, that, like that was the intent yeah. I was saying was and, missing in that Leicester or the game where we were like when we are goal down we were not trying for the goal. But to defend at that time, right, like to see a person who was running the entire match is running at ninety first minute. That was the intent like that I wanted from the team. And talking about Partey, Arun. Uh, so he, everyone has talked like about him being closer to Vieira and all those things. But did you see how his movement was? I felt it was more like Diaby, where you don't feel like he's running, but he's covering like huge spaces with every every you know every step, and then he was also winning the ball. Like he lose the ball to Pogba one moment, and then he'll rush back, tackle Pogba, get the ball off him, and then rush like straight go into attack mode. That was that was a masterful display, right? Uh, that was exactly the point that I was actually going to talk about for party because. It was not what he did. It was how he did those things. You know, um, let's let's talk about the midfield. We had two guys in midfield. We had Elneny and and we had Party. Uh, when you talk about numbers, though, they had four in mid. You know, uh, so you might have thought like, okay, two against four, they are going to keep going, especially considering like you know Bruno Fernandez and all his antics. And that midfield had McTominay, Fred, Pogba. And uh, um, uh, Bruno. So all these guys are like, no, okay, leave, let's let's leave Fred outside of this, okay? Uh, outside of Fred, McTominay has got the potential, but the other two guys are really, really good players, you know? These guys did not have a whiff of a chance because of the game that Party and Elneny had. Party was not just winning the balls, he was winning them beautifully. He was gliding through the pitch. There was like the ease in which he was moving, the ease in which he was doing things. It made it seem like, you know, he's not a player that we signed just this season. Uh, it made it seem like he's a veteran in the Premier League, you know. Like you said, his movement was like he was just floating. He was not really playing the way in which he moved. Um, it, he was very comfortable on the ball, extremely comfortable off the ball as well. He knew what he had to do. And like Ellen said, he was not just passing the ball and waiting for things to happen. He was there at the end of the receive, uh, to receive the ball as well. So that is... A, a huge quality that he brings to this team. And while he was doing all that, Elneny was keeping things quiet, you know. Uh, we usually, in a two-man midfield in Arsenal, we always see, like, when one person goes up, 
there's always a lot of chaos in the midfield. That was not happening. Eleni was like covering so much of distance. He was sweeping the area completely and making sure that nothing was going on. This is a very good dynamic partnership that we have. And uh, another funny thing here is that I was watching AFTV. Uh, I was watching Troops' interview right after. <laughs> and one of the funniest things that he brought up was people comparing Party and Fred. And United fans saying that Fred was actually better than Party. Right? <laughs> Fucking Fred was better than Party. <laughs> you know, the, those those are the kind of things that you get to see. And the, like the delusional fans that are, uh, for me, it was more like a sour grapes thing. You know, like they couldn't get Party. It's not like if they get Party now, they're going to keep Fred, you know. But they couldn't get him. And and suddenly he became like, you know, a better player than Party. Uh, and you think about it, they played, uh, they paid like 52 million for uh, Fred back in those days and we got party at 45 during these times our midfield duo cost less than fred let that sink in you know so, uh, and we are bad. not talking about the money paid to pogba i'm not even going there just eleni whom we got for 5 million and party for 45 cost 2 million dollars less than fred we could even throw a holding in there that would just be equal to Fred, you know, holding for two million. That's that's like the midfield, uh, you know, the, uh, it's, it, it showed how two teams were stacking up against each other, the financial might of the two teams. The fact that in spite of like having spent 50 on Fred, 110 on Pogba, another 50, 60 on Bruno, they could still go ahead and spend another 40 on Van der Beek and not play him at all, actually showed the positions the clubs were in, you know. Uh, one club had all the freedom, they could spend money, even though their buys are shit, they could spend money. The other club completely like, you know, um, uh, uh, financially deficient, if I could use that word, the owners not willing to invest or and play any money, but still with those two guys, we dominated them. And for me, that is probably the biggest takeaway that I have of all the games in this season. Actually, uh, uh, because so before you go in, just two points from my side. One is like, uh, Whatever uh, Arun said about like how graceful party was like that was really to be honest like as I said right Mike Dean just waits for an opportunity against us and these guys didn't give him an opportunity at all which says like how good they were in another thing which I wanted to add here is like uh, the uh, less big game right like uh, Solskjaer was like uh, praised by everybody for altering his strategy into a midfield diamond. Like where Bruno was at the center, like uh, like the initial uh, part of the diamond, and like they were praising uh, like how he's tactically good, and like he played the same diamond here, and like uh, it was completely neutralized by our guys, which shows like how good they were on that day. Actually, uh, talking about uh, talking about El Neni, uh, do you guys remember like his best time at Arsenal Football Club was when he played alongside Aaron Ramsey. He actually won. I a... think his best time. I, I think his best time at Arsenal was last game against him. <laughs> no, but he won the Arsenal Player of the Month uh, way back when he played with uh, Aaron Ramsey. You guys might have forgotten that he won an Arsenal Player of the Month award before. And we no that, uh, that never... is his area of strength. Uh, like if you see right, uh, uh, attacking midfielder or a box-to-box midfielder along with him, and he can do that sweeping. That's his actual uh, strength area. And like, uh, see, you don't uh, compare Emery's area with any of this player because he always made sure they were asked to do something which is of not the strength. 
Yeah. But like, just on a funnier side, I read a note saying that like, what did Beskitas like the club he played in loan last year did to him? He's like a completely changed man now. Like, and I was thinking, not playing under Emery is the reason. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe not playing under Emery brought the best out of him. And uh, uh, actually, uh, I wanted to bring another point to the table about Saka. Saka had a uh, had a good game. actually but people are not talking about it he had a good game and i was talking to one of my united mates and they seemed to not know him they were like oh they they were thinking about greenwood so highly but they don't know saka it was actually yeah go ahead arun there is still a lot of united fans yelling from the top of their uh, uh, roofs that uh, federico macheda is a better player than saka so for them who the fuck is that <laughs> Exactly, exactly, exactly my point. So, Federico Macheda was a 17-year-old, I think, like around five or six seasons ago. He came and he won the game for them against Villa, and all of a sudden, he was Messi's heir apparent. You know, <laughs> and uh, th- th- that's how United fans think. We we are the same too, but we hype our players amongst ourselves. United fans go and hype their players, you know, like all over the world. And uh, what was that guy's name? Like Yanazai. Very young side, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are the kind of players. It's not just the players; it's also like you know the the the, the media, because I think it's it's a lot to do with what happened with those uh, the uh, Fergie's fledglings, uh, the the youth that he got in '92 from the club, uh, the academy, and that has kind of given them the feeling that any youngster who comes to United is going to be like the next Beckham or next Coles or next Giggs, you know. Guys like Scholes come once in a generation. You don't get Scholes every time. So um, I'm really not surprised by the fact that people outside don't know about Saka or Gabriel Martinelli, and they're not like that. Means that they're away from the spotlight. It doesn't put them under a lot of pressure, and they can keep continuously giving these good performances. So I'm in a way happy about it. Like when our fans complain that no one's talking about our youth, I'm actually really happy about it. uh because it's it's a good chance for them to not feel the pressure and continue performing at the level they are performing would it have changed uh, if saka would have scored that header not if much we... not much like uh, if you see united fans right like uh, i'm not sure like you would know about it like arun should know about this lot better uh they used to say uh, rude van nistelrooy is the better player than terry entry yeah, yeah because yeah. Entry would have scored uh, 15 plus goals and 15 plus assists, whereas this guy would have scored 20 plus goals with no assists at all. And they'll say he has scored more goals, so he's the better guy. That kind of uh, supporters is what United is. So even that goal, right, might not make uh, much difference for them. They say like uh, some people will score, right? They'll say like that. Mm. But that was a that was a very uh, not a good miss for uh, Saka. I know he's young. We know he's young. We know that he's. Uh, he's towering in between like two of the bigger center halves uh, and uh, i mean it was not a great miss but it was a miss that should have should have gone in uh, do, do you guys that will imp- he will improve he will improve like see these are like very initial stages like see even if you take wilcher right who in the past we say the best young uh, generation like uh, before saka if you can say even he right i had to play one season in bolton like where he was playing everywhere and that was after that when he was able to play that uh, level like uh, so you need to like have different and even if you take aran ramsey wenger made him play as like right back for one season so that he knows the complete game better so that his game will improve so they have to face lot of situations and like he will definitely improve on 
just one thing to add on here like saka had its usual game like even against united but when that is not visible right it means the other players in the team is also performing at a level greater than him mm. which is actually a good sign it was not like his performance was bad and like he was not seen his performance was the same but the others were doing beyond him which is a very good sign to see Mm. Plus, so, like a young player like Saka, there's always going to be ups and down, uh, downs in his learning period for the first few years in his career. You know, if he had a great season last time, uh, last season, we have to be happy with sort of the season that he's having so far because young players usually tend to drop off a bit in the second season. They're not like really knowing what the manager wants them to do because first season they're raw. They're like you know the manager lets them express themselves. The second season that changes. You need to play more according to a plan. you need to play like you know so that way whatever he's been doing so far has been amazing you know like he seems to know what he needs to do and he seems to be doing that really well so um, if people are not talking about him i mean i'm i'm happy i'm honestly happy less pressure mm i know uh, we have to also note down that opposition managers will also know about uh, his game style now they will also be man marking him more than like what they were doing in the first year and it was not a miss like what kolasnach uh, missed yesterday <laughs> open goal he like hit yeah. over the bar so uh, not that kind of a miss so we don't have to worry at all but we did have a lot of misses in the first half right like especially when uh, bayern actually crossed a great ball to the far end and uh, uh, oba slides mm-hmm. it and misses it and then like there was another uh, pull back from oba which uh, Lindelof, Lindelof got, uh, Lindelof got that um, touch, touch, final touch, final touch before Laka. I never saw that when I was watching in the uh, in the I was watching the game in in the bar here, and uh, when I saw uh, Laka swing and miss, I was like, this is a great miss by Laka. But then after the replays, I saw that there was a touch from uh, uh, Lindelof. So and and then there was like, Lindelof had a good game. Yeah, Lindelof like, had a really honest, good like, game. like two three uh, important touches he meant like orals like we would have been up by two goals or three goals in the very first half itself if not for him this this seems to be the pa- uh, pattern though right like we have been uh, we have been saying the same thing uh, versus uh, versus city versus uh, lester even now where we say we should have been up by two goals we should have been up by three goals uh, but uh... Yeah, go ahead. There is an improvement. It is not exactly the same. Like if you see uh, uh, Liverpool game, right? It was more mistakes from our side. See Leicester game also. I wouldn't say there were mistakes, but it was not proper finishing. It was not like we made mistakes. We didn't finish it proper. Like uh, maybe confidence issue, or like uh, for the first time we are like uh, doing a lot of attacks, and like that was something new to the team also. This one, right? Like uh, we were mostly on target. but like it was like good defending like before the final ball or this thing and that was what prevented it so we are seeing some gradual improvement like it cannot be improved in a single day like one day like we are like uh, not able to finish and like next day we cannot come and score goals like uh, that but there is a good improvement i'm seeing in all these games so definitely like uh, i think like uh, it's going to be just a matter of time after which our strikers will start scoring two three goals every game mm-hmm. talking about strikers arun uh... I was confused whether Laka had a good game or a bad game. What are your thoughts on Lacazette as a striker? Because he seems to be operating on those Firmino roles, and are we going to give the same exact excuses that Liverpool fan gives for Firmino not being a scorer? 
not really uh, because Lacazette is like if you think about him, he's a very clutch player. He's always performed against the big teams. He's always scored against the big teams, like be it home or away. Uh, maybe I'm wrong in the away part, but home definitely, yeah. Uh, his role in this team has changed because he has to hold the ball more up, get involved more in the attack, drop deep because of how we are playing. You know, you want your fullbacks to push in, push forward, but they're not actually, go, uh, your fullbacks, our fullbacks are not like, you know, hugging the flanks all the time. Our fullbacks are coming in, which means that we need another player in the midfield to drop sorry, uh, from the attack to drop and uh, do the ball recovery. In that sense, for me, he had an excellent game. Uh, his role has changed. He the, the amount of work that he did in that midfield was amazing. You know, his work rate was unbelievably good. He was winning those balls. He was making sure that, like, you know, he was going for those second balls. He was doing his press going for the second balls, which puts a lot of pressure on centre-back and the goalkeepers, you know. So, in that sense, the way in which our game has changed, our game plan is evolving. I see him as a very integral part of this team. Auba cannot do the same thing. If you let Auba do what Laka is doing right now, you're, you're missing a huge component, which are his goals. Laka can still score, but Auba holding the ball is a side that I don't want to see ever. You know, I want him to be the guy running. So, Laka holding the ball and doing the dirty work allows the opportunity, gives the opportunity for everyone around him to go and attack. And also provides an extra guy in the midfield. So, we still have three people in there. You have four people attacking. He can also join the attack being a striker. But you always have those three people in withholding things. So, uh, people who complain that he's not scoring goals and he's like Firmino. Yeah, I, I do want him to score goals. He's a striker after all. But you're not going to be expecting like a 20-goal season from him. You know, that, that's, that's not going to happen. You want your players around him to score the goals. With him playing a lesser role and maybe scoring like 10 goals across competitions all season. But if he continues uh, doing that, will will he be satisfied being a striker of that caliber at Arsenal? Like, would he not want to score like 20 goals a season? Because every striker wants to go score that. Yes. So, so that's it, another point. Uh, also, I feel he's having to do this due to the lack of, uh, you know, proper creator. Uh, the lack of a proper creator means that our wingbacks are the ones doing a lot more of the creation. They are working with like the wingers to do the creation. And our midfield, the midfield two are more of the screeners. So in that sense, because of the lack of a proper creator, he's having to like you know drop down and do the dirty work and add an extra man in there. Once we get a better creator, he wouldn't have to do a lot of the things that we, he's doing right now. It would also provide us cover with an extra man in midfield. So we'll always be having three people in midfield, you know. Uh, and in that situation, we can afford to have like a sitting guy, one who bombs and bomb forward and back, and one who is like, you know, the creator in the final third. So when we do this, uh, Lacazette will have reduced responsibilities in terms of defending, uh, recovering the ball, and like starting the attacks. He will just have to be at the end of attacks, finishing it. So in that situation, I see him, both him and Nico, scoring more goals. There comes Nico again. <laughs> Ellen, yes. go ahead. I was actually like uh, going to support uh, Arun on Nico's point here because, like, see, you were saying right, like, you were confused why Laka was like good or bad on that day, and that was because of absence of uh, Nico. If he was on the pitch, right, he would have done a lot more attacks. William was like doing a different role altogether. Like, uh, he was not going for attack at all on that day. He was more like giving stability, like with the other guys, like doing the. Pressing out like they were doing the uh, attacks. So he was more for stability that day. And like if 
say you could see only aubas attack or bellerin's attack so you were not able to like uh, see lacazette's influence if nico was there like you could have definitely seen that and to add for your second question right where you are say like whether you will be satisfied if you take fermino right like because we were comparing with him fermino was like more happier in liverpool even though he was not scoring goals and that's because everybody in the team as well as in the media acknowledged his role because of which like mane and salah were able to flourish but then but liverpool now, wins right, everything see, liverpool wins everything no, that, that's the reason uh, that uh, didn't start at the beginning that didn't yeah, start at exactly, the beginning exactly exactly like i always keep saying everyone compares the present liverpool to the present arsenal compares the present arsenal to what liverpool were 4 years ago and then let's see it's how when we club started it. and if you see now right even now they are going for jota jota might replace firmino there because they the trent alexander arnold and like uh, robertson is not same effective as they were like last year and because of that firmino's role is not needed for them they need a goal scorer there and they are now going for jota so it depends on your strategy like so as arun said like once we get like into a strategy where the attacker can just concentrate on scoring goals then he will go back to that other mode now he is seeing that he is like it is like the other players in the team they all believe in arteta they all believe in the structure so they want to do it for the team like say how holding came and wanted to play this game laka is ready to like uh, lose his own share of goals for the betterment of team or for making the team to win and yeah. that will give him more satisfaction than like scoring goals and losing uh, the game mm. hope so hope hope that is true uh, actually sco- talking about scoring goals we got the we got to talk about the penalty that was a that was that was a stupid mistake from pogba to make uh, although that was a great run by Be- bayern into the into the box he made the most of the contact uh, from what i can see it was a it was a it was a minimal contact but bayern made the most out of the contact and we got the got the penalty whoa 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 clean penalty clean penalty clean clean penalty you don't you don't talk about that clean penalty okay uh i mean i'm not saying it's not a clean penalty but that was a clear penalty but but it was no, not it was not if a... you want to add one thing to that penalty right mhm yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead because i want to say something else now if you want to add one thing there right like before that penalty if you see that we were saying about that 30 pass goal 45 pass goal if you see that right before that penalty there were like uh, around 40 to 50 passes with just like one or two like uh, intermediate uh, touches by united guys like mm. as soon as they intercept and they get the ball we quickly intercepted back from them and like we were having the 35 40 like passes within ourselves and that was the reason why like pogba was pushed to do that uh, mistake mm. it was not like uh, he did like uh, trying frustrated we made them frustrated and because of that frustration like he did that mistake so it was a mistake done by uh, like uh, or a mistake influenced by us But if you want to uh, the right word. But did you guys expect Mike Dean to give us the penalty? Because Mike Dean, remember this is remember this is Mike Dean. This Mike Dean sent R.C. Oh. Wenger to the stands. That no, that's what I said, the... right? Like uh, this is 2020, like a uh, crazy year where Mike Dean didn't give a red card to us, like gave a penalty to us and no penalty to United. So <laughs> it was like uh, <laughs> a crazy 2020 for a good. good good way good way uh, but then when when uh, obamyang stepped up i didn't have any doubt the guy sitting next to me in uh, in the bar had a lot of doubts when obamyang stepped up i was like what are you talking about this this is this is his time he could do anything 
but it also breaks Abba's uh, gold rod. So that's a happy, happy coincidence. Yeah. Um, talk, talk Did about you. Know, add on one point about the penalty. Uh, mm-hmm. When the penalty was awarded, um, I was a bit skeptical. The uh, funny part was like me and my wife were watching the game together, and we were cleaning the apartment. So she was in the other side of the uh, the living room. And when the pen was awarded, she ran into the closet. <laughs> she literally ran into the closet because she couldn't take it. It was that intense. She came out only after I started screaming, you know. <laughs> so, so it was it was like um, a penalty that um, I was I was very skeptical, honestly, because Alba has missed penalties, but he's changed quite a bit. He's low. His confidence has improved, but also he hasn't been amongst the goals this season. He has had some misses. So I was really not. Uh, uh, you know, like thinking that he was going to score, but the way in which he took the penalty was boss. He was like so, so cool doing it. Like, you know, boss man, just taking the penalty as if nothing was like, you know, bothering him. And, and it was so cool. But what the best mean? thing for me was after the penalty, his celebration where he danced. I was like, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. this is a payback for that stupid guy who danced in the Emirates Stadium. <laughs> Lingard, yeah. <laughs> Lingard, you know. And then we danced so, in well, all uh, uh, Yeah. Definitely. And you could see one other thing there. Like, uh, I'm not sure many people would have missed that. You saw who was the first guy to go and congratulate uh, Auba? Laka danced along with party. him. Party, party came in, yeah. He went before Laka. He went, you know, party came in before. So, you could see how much he has mingled with all the teammates in a very short time. And how much that goal meant for Partey, like uh, that shows us like professionalism. Like uh, that was like a surprise for me when I saw him running first. Yeah, That that was great. And uh, see, just to yeah, yeah go uh, ahead. Just to add one thing here, like uh, see, Arun was skeptical because Auba's missed penalties, or like even many of our penalty takers have missed penalties in Premier League. But that was where like Arteta should be praised. If you see after Arteta taken over, right? I think like the team might be doing extra practice. Or like one of the training sessions might be set pieces or penalties. If you take Community Shield or if you take the, any of the games like where we had a penalty shootout, our teams were not at all nervous. They were confident that they will score. Or they were, even if they miss, right, they don't worry much because that kind of confidence they have. So, I was confident that we'll definitely score because of that. And Arteta deserves a big credit for that. By the way, did you guys know that this, is, this was Ole, uh, Ole's 100th game? This was was Ole's 100th game and they lost big time. And it was such a relief to be on the other side of it. Because we always do that. Like Arsenal losing the 1000th game and all those things. All those landmark games we lose. Like 50th game that we should have been been invincible, we lost. All these, all these. Okay, just like since you brought these uh, landmark and stat, right? I have one surprising stat for you guys. Okay. This is the first penalty we have scored in Premier League at Old Trafford. We oh. got two more penalties other than this. Gilberto got it once, and uh, RVP got it once. Both the time we missed. Yeah, yeah. This is the first eight penalty two. we are scoring in Old Trafford. Yeah, RVP missed one during the eight, eight two, two, like the 2011, and Gilberto yeah. one was in 2006, I think so. Yeah, the the, this one the first that penalty we, won, we are yeah. scoring there. Oh, that's, yeah, a, that's like, a good one. That's a good one. But talk about United players a little bit, uh, Ellen. Uh, talk about, uh, I mean, we know that Lindelof had a good game, but then we marked out Rashford. We marked out Completely, uh, yeah. Bruno. Greenwood had a better game than most of their other players. Uh, 
and uh, no need to talk about fred um is there fred, any there was a comedy uh, joke or there was a joke i was reading in twitter like uh, mike dean had equal interceptions what uh, bruno <laughs> so not bruno fred, fred and, and scott like uh, many like uh, they had it together like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. what uh, i was seeing in social media like see as i said right like uh, we cannot blame the players much it was more like see arsenal's uh, like arsenal style in the last uh, months few months right is always through attacks through the left wing or if you see the last few weeks uh, it is also on the right wing so it's more like a wing attack and when you are going to play a midfield diamond right you are like trying to make everything into a center allowing lot of free spaces in the wings it was a big tactical uh, error by uh, solskjaer maybe it might have worked that against lesbic where they might be like playing centrally but like he made a big mistake there and thereby right effectively making all his players weak see i don't rate bruno fernandes much but like this strategy has been created mainly focusing on him and uh, mainly to get a maximum output of him i think that's a wrong thing from that side see they have pogba van beek who are better players than bruno they should make use of them if they are going to alter the strategy not like see bruno is still going to score his penalties he's still going to go score in the free kicks or other things but like you should not like he's not a creative uh, number 10 like uh, whom you can play at the tip of the diamond and ask him to do that like uh, all mm-hmm. those help but that being said we didn't make even a single mistake in the entire 90 minutes so that they were looking uh, really bad mm-hmm. one thing which i can add is like after matic came in right there was some intent compared mm-hmm. to what these guys were doing and i was like really afraid whether auba will get a red card because yeah. of his uh, incident with uh, matic like uh, he was going to be substituted i know what auba did was cheeky he was trying his level best to go late yeah. but like uh, that sort of went like see matic was like on his right to ask him to go early it was not like he was doing something and like uh, and and Ob- and, and, it, and if if you if you ask me auba had his right to go to the uh, uh, go, go slowly that that is what footballers do they take their time but with they, my they, team no with my team do you want to take that risk <laughs> it's fine it's 2020 we are fine but arun <laughs> uh, comparing the substitutions right if you if you if you talk about substitutions united brought in van de beek matic and uh, cavani and we brought in mustafi amn and uh, what was the other substitution i think it was uh, eddie mm-hmm. eddie eddie in place of lakas niketia yeah so what is we also had quality on our bench pepe was available uh, jaka was available sebayos was available but we went all defensive substitutions we took out obamyang brought in mustafi we took out uh, whom did amen come in for willian willian i think willian so. willian 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 yeah, like willian and oba at the same time so and and lacazette substitution was especially surprising because lacazette was very pissed when he was taken out of the game so what are your thoughts on the substitutions around it seemed like one manager knew what he was doing and the other one had no idea <laughs> that's how it seemed <laughs> uh, when we are leading 1-0 and we making defensive substitutions it makes sense when they are chasing the game and they bring in matic i don't know what what sense it is and you're bringing in cavani a guy who has hardly had a kick of the ball you know he was not even like warming up properly and that guy was brought in to change the fortunes of the team so uh, for me it just it just showed like uh, you know ole is 
was out completely out of his depth while playing against Arteta because he had no clue what to bring. And even Van der Beek, it's it's like I said before, they could afford to buy Van der Beek for forty million and still keep him on the bench. That's that's the kind of like uh, power, the financial power and the disparities that we're talking about. The problem for them is the manager. You know, like the way in which it was set up, the way in the substitutions, it made like. It didn't seem like they were really chasing the game. It was just like, okay, let me try this, let me try but, that, you know. But did it, you see? Did you did you see Roy Keane in in uh, after the game where he was like bigging up Ole still, and then when when I think it was Tim uh, who said uh, who was bigging up Arteta and Roy Keane got defensive and like, oh, Arteta is not a great manager. Did you see that uh, clip, Arun? Yeah, but uh, the thing about Roy Keane is, yeah, I did. It was uh, it was like a huge nine-minute thing video that was floating from Sky. Um, the thing about Roy Keane is that he was a salty guy when he was playing. He's just gotten saltier after he retired, you know. So it's 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 nice to see what he has to say. Like some of his points about like playing for the club and like you know uh, you value the club and all that. He's very old school in that sense, but he's a bit. close-minded especially when it comes to arsenal he's never like ready to you know like uh, talk good about anyone or anything so i think tim kehl at that point had great points you know he had like enough evidence to back what he was saying uh, roy kane did not and it was funny to watch them both talking there like you know it's easy to rile roy kane up and it's funny to watch him when he's all riled up so in that <laughs> sense it was like really funny watching him talk but uh, yeah he's like the kind of guy who I would, I, like I said, he's extremely gotten salty, extremely salty with age. So he's going to be giving out all these statements like this. Unless we win the league, he's still going to say like Sosjar is better than uh, Arteta. Okay, so, so uh, even then, like he might say like uh, Arteta got lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't put it past. No, him. but uh, I want to add one thing regarding the substitutions. Like uh, you were talking about Mustafi, right? Like, uh, and that clearly says like how much Arteta is thinking when Olding was like. Uh, Was like looking like injured. Mustafi was not warming up because at that time we were chasing the game like it was zero yes. zero. Yes. And in the last five ten minutes, right, it was like we were ready to sit back and they were continuously bombarding aerial balls. And if you see that Mustafi's uh, real good threat is like uh, or uh, or uh, skill set is that uh, he's really good at that and like he brought Mustafi at that time. So we should actually like uh, praise Arteta for those uh, valid substitutions. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Like I, I said, one manager knew what he was doing, and the other one had no idea. Awesome. Let's uh, let's wrap that uh, United game discussion right now because we have been going uh, going at it for a long time. Uh, let us go ahead with the prediction for the next game. I know we have been going on like in a really good good spot right now. So, what do you guys think would be the would be the prediction for the next game? I'll come to Ellen first. Ellen. Uh, it will be like a three-one. It will be a three-one, not West Ham. Aston oh, Villa. Aston Villa. My 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 mistake. Yeah, Aston yeah. Villa three-one. It will be a three-one. Yes. Okay. Okay. I Arun. expect Grealish to score uh, against us. All right, Arun, your your take on it. Two-zero. Two-zero. Clean sheet. Two-zero. Clean sheet. Yeah. Okay. Clean sheet. Okay, I'm going for a three, uh, three, one, two. Uh, I'm. I don't think we'll have a clean sheet, but we'll score goals. Is what I I feel about it. So and this will make us confidence. move up that table. Like uh, it has like Aston Villa just above us uh, because of that seven two. So mm-hmm. we should be like uh, winning against them and going up. They have a game in hand, but 
but with us winning and going above them like uh, even that game in and will not make much uh, value okay arun you were you were saying something arun no uh, the last the performance in the last game the midfield and the defense has given me the confidence to go like you know and ahead and say that we will not concede a goal and keep a clean sheet and we will get a couple of goals somehow aston villa are not like they won because of liverpool's high line it was a bizarre game that 7-3 is never going to happen again you play the same game 100 times it's not going to happen again so i'm not really worried about the goals and i'm pretty sure they're going to concede okay okay uh thanks guys it has been a nice pod uh see you after the win against villa and that is the end of the pod for more arsenal related content please like subscribe and share to the awakeners podcast see you next week